What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network team every day. And folks, as always, I am Nick Farabell, your host. I call games at WPTS Radio, work for ACC Network as a production assistant, and I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now. But folks, today we have a few things to talk about. We'll talk about Pitt men's basketball. They face UNC tonight so we'll talk about that we'll preview that matchup see how likely it is for Pitt to win cover and do all that great things and we'll also talk about Pitt women's basketball they lose to Boston College up in Chestnut Hill we'll talk about the direction of that program Lance White's job what he's doing and the future of the program with the talent they currently have constructed on that roster it's all coming up here on this episode of Locked on Pitt Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome to the episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first every day, folks. Always appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe on the notification bell do all those great things uh, as well and make sure to leave feedback if you're listening to this leave a review make sure to leave feedback again i can't make this as good as it possibly can be without your guys's help always appreciate the support the feedback is invaluable so i always 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 need that from you guys now folks today i, I think to lead it off we're absolutely going to talk a little bit about pit facing north carolina because this is a game where Pitt probably doesn't feel too good about it. I think they're 14 half point underdogs. UNC's 18 7 overall, 10 and 4 in the conference. You know, it's a team that has played well enough all year to potentially get themselves a tournament spot, to be quite honest with you. I don't think they're a great team, but I also don't think they're so, you know, you know I don't think they're so prone to losing. You know, they lost to Wake Forest bad. They lost to Miami bad. They got beat by Kentucky bad. Uh, they lost a close game to Notre Dame and lost by 20 to Duke. But outside of that, they've won. Clemson kept it close with them. So did Louisville, though. And so it's not crazy to think Pitt might have a chance here. And and by that, I mean it's a long shot. But Pitt has showcased the ability to stay tough with teams and at times really make competitive teams even sweat a little bit. So we'll see. But I think that this is one where Pitt can definitely give things a little bit of run. Now, there are obvious questions that have to be answered for this. Because let's take it for what it is. UNC is a much more talented roster. Just straight up. They have guys like Amando Baycott, who's going to be a big-time mismatch for this team. And Baycott, a guy that's averaging in a double-double right now, he's averaging 16 points per game. He's averaging 12 rebounds. So 16 and 12 is just an unbelievable stat line. But John Hughley is going to have his best challenge of the season right now. Hughley versus Baycott is going to be an extremely fun watch. I'm really looking forward to actually watching that. And I think this will tell us a lot about John Hughley and his maturation because Hughley continues to grow. He continues to work 
into things, right? But as he is getting more and more comfortable against those double teams and his passing starts to improve, he hasn't faced someone that will maybe bang him around as much. There are guys that will be physical with him. There are guys that will bang around down low with him with the same type of energy he has. Not quite like Armando Baycott will. And Armando Baycott will bring that. He will bring that to John Hughley. It's going to be a matchup. And, and you got to wonder, you know, if one of these players gets into foul trouble early on, how that could potentially change things. Because it, it's not crazy to think if Baycott or Hughley gets into foul trouble, the way this game plays out is going to be completely different. And that's what I find very interesting. And I think it's going to be really something to watch. I think it's going to be one of the key things to watch as things continue to build towards that. There are fewer things that I find bigger than that. And that Baycott has got to be limited on the boards. It's going to be about John Hughley. It's going to be about Mogi. These two guys are going to have a big-time challenge. And, and, you know, it's it's not like it's not like UNC's without guards either. Because UNC has guys like Caleb Love and, and R.J. Davis. And, boy, does R.J. Davis bring up a lot of bad memories, right? One that you felt like Pitt was going to get, and then he goes to UNC because the big fish get involved. But guys like Caleb Love have had really good impacts on this team. And yes, you know, Baycott's not the only big man that they have. Leaky Black's another guy in there that's played a lot for them. But understand, he is the main dude. But Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, those three are going to be big players. And so Pitt's going to have to continuously work on the boards and everything. And there's a few big matchups, I think, in this game. Because Pitt, Pitt's actually run a decent bit more offense in their past few games. And it's more importantly about their screen game. Because they feel more comfortable using it. And they feel like they can kick off of it more. Right? Because Pitt feels like now that they have Ithiel Horton, and they obviously have the type of magnetism that Mogee brings, they feel like they can now kind of stretch that floor a little bit more. And by that, I mean they feel like that if they can drive and there's not a clear lane, they have guys to kick it out to. They have guys to kick it to the wing, the corner. They have two guys there that they can really use off ball, where if Burton and, and, and Odukali are not driving – they feel like that they can do things off those and get high percentage three-point shots. And, you know, I've, I've wondered because I, I think people underrate the ability of Jamaris Burton to run this offense. You know, people say they need a true point guard. And, like, I'm, I agree they could use a backup. What about Jamaris Burton doesn't say he's a true point guard? He's run this offense at a high level with the ball in his hands. Now, you would like there to be another primary ball handler not named Femi Odukali, I think that would be good. You know, Onyeze Kudo, as, as tough as he is, as much as he's given them this to this team, as much heart as he's shown, he probably isn't the ideal guy you want for that. Maybe Nike Sabande can give you that, but he's more of an off-ball guy that can shot create and create his own shot. 
So this uh, this screen game is going to have to be big for them in this because UNC naturally is a team that doesn't do well against screens. You know, Wake Forest is a team that runs a ton of screens, and and they beat them down to the woodshed. Duke did a similar thing. Teams that have kept it close, Louisville kept it close by effective ball movement off of their screens. So if Pitt can maybe get their screen game going, get the drives to Hughley, Collier, get the kickouts and hit a few threes with Horton, with Gee, it's going to be huge. But they're also going to have to create second-chance opportunities for themselves. Because, again, Pitt's just naturally not a good shooting team. So the boards are going to be a big thing to watch, too. Is Baycott going to have his way, or, or is it more so going to be able to be kind of evened out? Is Pitt going to be able to even out that tr- that turbulence? Is, is Hughley going to be able to step up? When Hughley and Gee have to come out for every so often, is Collier and Jeffers able to give them a few really good minutes here to supplement them? There's a few things you look at there, and, and those are the key to, to Pitt kind of staying in this game. And so 14 and a half point underdogs, it makes sense. But that, but that screen defense for UNC is going to loom large because if they're bad and they're leaking, the pick can get their screen game going. And the ball movement that we've seen the past two games continues to show up. Pitt might have a chance here. There's going to be a lot of things that have to go right for Pitt. But we'll continue to talk about this and preview that matchup. But first, folks, let me let you know about Built Bar. Because right now in February, as we get after Valentine's Day, I know it's the time of year where your New Year's resolutions start to fall off. But not this year, because I have the solution for you, Built Bar. And have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's right, a protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallow They're not put just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. There are so many great things for your new favorite. And all Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including Puffs, 100% real chocolate. But here's the thing. You get all the health benefits of a protein bar as well. Low calorie, low sugar, low carb, high protein. You replace those candy bars with these, and folks, you are instantly better with Bill Bar. So all you have to do, folks, is go to Bill.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 50% off your order. Again, all you have to do, use our promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As we continue to talk here about UNC Pit and what I want to see uh, in this game. And, and I, I continue to talk about the evolving type of offense that Pitt brings and, and what they can build. And I think that screen game is going to be something. Their pick and roll game, especially, is going to have to be um, big. And, and I know uh, Stephen Gertz of, of Rival Rivals um, has talked about a Spain pick and roll as something that Pitt has run a lot. Um, and I feel like that's something that they've actually run really well, um, a lot better. And so, you know, I, I kind of saw that and I was like, well, what's Spain pick and roll? And it's, you know, a back screen for the picker as they roll to the hoop. And, and there's all of this different type of, it's basic stuff, essentially. You know, it's, it's like, it's not a crazy thing, 
it's not like it's revolutionary. And and I I noticed a lot of you know the Suns run it a lot. Um, I'm a Hawks fan as well, and, and the Hawks do run it a lot as well. But what you can do off stuff like this is you can also put a guy in that wing as the third mesh guy to it, right? Your ball handler kind of comes out and has multiple directions, and you also have different type of spacing because to a degree, Pitt has run some NBA-type concepts in recent weeks, and it has kind of allowed them to space the floor a little bit and get better ball movement. And they'll put their two guys in the corner, and then they'll put their guys on the wing there. And as the ball handler cuts, they'll have a guy like Gee or Horton space out to the wing and get a real quick pass to him and get an open three. And when that doesn't happen, and this is where Theo Horton's type of growth has come big, they've been able to get it to Horton there, but he's now able to be an effective passer to get it down low on a cutting action to Hughley or Gee, or he can drive and create off dribble. So Pitt's been able to do a lot of different things off that. And, and I thought it's it's been, you know, this isn't a good offense regardless, and it's probably not going to be ever this year. But I thought that this has been something that Pitt's done better with and they've grown into. And it feels like the team, instead of falling apart, and this is what I say, when, you know, I say this team isn't falling apart, they're actually growing in some areas. That's kind of the cool thing about it all. It is growing into different areas. And again, it's not like they're going to be good or anything like that. They're not a good team. But let's also understand that they, he's Capel's kind of maximizing what they have right now. And having guys like that and having guys that can do it and maximizing your talent, putting them in positions to win like that, like it's commendable. It's something we really haven't seen them do a lot. And so I like it. I like the ability to adapt. And when you get another weapon like Horton to open things up like that, it's nice to see that. But there, there are so many different variables to this game specifically and kind of what's going into it. And we talked about the Baycott situation. He's such a powerful force down low. He's such a, a big nuisance for this team. But then you also have the quickness of the guards. R.J. Davis and Caleb Over are very quick and very tough to deal with. And the thing about UNC is they have this smash mouth physical type side to them. But then there's also the other side to everything that Pitt also kind of lacks the quickness. I don't think Pitt's ever been a quick team. I don't know if they're a quick team. You know, I think Horton kind of has quick, but I think Odukali is not necessarily super quick. He's kind of explosive, but you have this. The only guy that I say like has super tons of quickness and explosiveness is Onyeze Kudo. It feels more like Burton. He has solid handles, but he's got more of a physicality to him that makes him a mismatch. Odukali is a mismatch physically, and because he's such a, a roller to the hoop, he feels like he's such a tough stop, and he is for that reason just because not many guys have the length and the ability to do what he does. But a lot of their drivers, and I think Horton is different because I think he is kind of quick. I think he has this lateral agility that kind of gives him this special type of quickness that guys don't expect. And even Mo Gee has a little bit more for his size. Certainly not what you expect from a guy like that. 
and because he has grown so much since coming into college, he has a guard's game as a big man. And that makes him so unique. And, and Mo Gee, when you look at how unique he is in Pitt's program history, I mean, the only player in program history, 30 made three-pointers and 55 block shots in the season. So he's a very different side of player, even from when we, you know, Pitts had many good fours over the years, many good. DeWan Blair is going to, going to be the one that, you know, a ton of good big men. And in that, there's going to be guys, you know, Chevy Trotman, Aaron Gray. I mean, there's so many guys. I, you can go back even further, but he's kind of unique in that realm. And so I do like that Jeff Capel and what he's done has built an identity for the team and they have, these ideas and they implement them and they go forward with them. He kind of does what he has to do. And, and if they can stick to their identity here, do some things, maybe they have a fighting chance. I'm certainly not going to pick them. I'm going to pick UNC to win this one. But I also think, you know, that this one could be interesting and we'll see how dialed in Pitt is. Can they fix their first half woes too? Why do they come out slow and, and pick it up in the second half? The first and second half splits are crazy. And it's not just, you know, for the team, you look at the team players. I mean, Burton is a crazy first half versus second half player. If you Horton recent weeks has been a second half player, Femi Odukali has been a second half player. So can they sustain a first half enough to where they're actually competitive and don't have to come back from 20 in the second half? Because building those deficits is also going to be a way where Pitt can lose this game and lose what they're doing. So lots of things to watch, but Pitt overall, when you look at what they are doing here, I, I think they're starting to build an identity, and I'm going to commend Jeff Capel for that. But also, this is going to be a tough one. They just don't have the talent level to match UNC, and that can catch up to them. You can do all the X's and O's. You can try and maximize your guys' ability. But the Jimmys and Joes, I think, are always the most important. We'll see if Pitt can overcome that. Obviously, Pitt has some talent, but the guys are going to have to really step up to this level um, from this level. So it's going to have to be consistent for Pitt. Let's talk about women's basketball. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online. Because football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And folks, it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC as right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit podcast here as we talk a little bit about Pitt women's basketball because you know, we haven't checked in on them in a while. It felt like they might start to go to a good season. And you looked at where they were, and you felt like something might start to build. But now they're 2-12 and 12 in the conference. And things have kind of fallen out from under them. They've lost games they probably shouldn't have lost. It's not a great look, I guess, for the team. But also... This one is complicated because I know Lance White wants to match his conference win total from last year, which was three. He's already doubled his win total from last year in terms of overall wins. I mean, in terms of overall wins, Pitt's done a job at such a high level. 
and, and I'm serious about that. Pitt has really come out of the non-conference schedule. They played with the purpose. They had a few really good games. And I feel like in a lot of these conference games, it's a lot of the same story. Like I go back to Texas A&M um, where they face a ranked Texas A&M down in the Virgin Islands early this year, had the lead late, let it slip, ended up losing by 10 plus. And you kind of see a lot of the same story with a lot of these games. You know, UNC, uh, they fought them. They fought Notre Dame hard. And they fought, they fight a lot of these teams really hard. It just feels like they can never close on it. And it feels like they're always disjointed. The talent level of the team is continuing to get better. I don't think this is a talentless team. I just am not sure the coaching is maximizing them. Because I think at times they just go out there and play without a purpose. But also, I mean, I, I would I would say this. I, I feel like Pitt, when everything is kind of sunken down to a a water point, and you kind of look at it, it's a talented team that's not getting coaching to maximize them, but it's also a team of very streaky players. And they didn't have Jayla Ever today. They probably should have won this one. And, and, you know, there there are players like Dacianette Harris and, and Rita Ibakwe who are solid players but haven't changed a ton from their first to their third year. Now, Amber Brown has to a degree. She's gotten better on her dribble drives, and that's been coached up. And something that I like about this team this year is that they've cleaned up a lot of their turnovers. So they're playing less out of control. They're playing a more controlled pace. But how do you take the next step? Where does the defense step up? Where does the offense, more importantly, this is the point, where does the offense get to take that next leap? What do you need? Do you, you definitely need another shooter. That's for sure. What's it take to get you to that next level? Is there some cohesiveness you have to get? Do you need another guard? I think this team could use another shooting guard. I think that's the biggest thing. They need someone to work off Dishon and Harris to where obviously she can create her shot. And while you have the catch-and-shoot ability of Destiny Struther, Struther at times can be a, a liability on the defensive end. Can you get a 3-and-D type player? A 3-and-D type wing could do a lot for this team. And they've kind of been searching for that, but they haven't quite found that yet. I think they could also use another big. Sometimes they can be a little bit inconsistent on the boards, but down low I think they need one more person to give them a little bit something. A, a, a big – because, you know, right now, Amber Brown's great, but she isn't a shooter. Uh, Liatu King has shown a lot of flashes, but she isn't a shooter. A lot of their wings can't shoot, and they don't get anything from Ibakwe in terms of shooting either. So I feel like you need someone in the lineup from four to five, depending on where you are, sometimes from three to five if you go big, to where you can stretch the floor a little bit. Because you look at a lot of these really good teams in the big – and the big women from these teams can stress the floor. And that's been something. It doesn't necessarily even have to be threes. It can just be a mid-range game. You need something to work off that because teams pack the paint against them. And, and, and so since they don't have great shooting guards either, it's really this year it's just been Everett and Struther from downtown. And every now and then you get Harris having a good game there, or Amy Hayford having a good game from there. You feel like you just need that next step. And so 
The question is, who can that be? I think Malia Johnson has really good traits to be that that one. You know, as from the three, she's been really good defensively this year. Really doesn't look out of place. Her shot is coming along though, and she's young, and you can tell the inexperience is there. But it's really, in, I think it's really something to take a look at. And and so when they are on the recruiting trail and they're trying to finish out this recruiting class or go to the portal, I think looking for a big maybe that can shoot the ball or look for a wing that can shoot the ball to take some pressure off Everett, Struther, and Harris a little bit, I think that'll be big for them. They need other capabilities and able to score to open up the pan a little bit more. And that's the big thing. Because I think this team has talent. I think, you know, looking at what Lance Wade has done, he's built this team competitively and has given them talent. I think there's just stuff that they need to get over that hump. And I think they need the presence of shooting to open up their paint a little bit more, whether that's from the five, whether that's from the three, whether their wings can do it, whether they get another guard that can do it, and they play one through three a little smaller. It depends. But I think there's ways in which Lance White can expedite this process, and I think that Pitt can continue to improve and take the next step up. They just need a few more pieces to get there. All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. Tomorrow we'll break down Pit versus UNC, what happened there. We'll talk about that. And also, if any other news breaks, we'll obviously talk about that tomorrow as well. So, folks, as always, thanks for listening. As we end it, as always, hail to Pit.